Here's the snap back. Here's the kick. He's got the leg into it. If it is good, and it is! Austin Stars! A 49-yard field goal! And Indiana leads 27 to 24! Austin Indorak wants to throw it. Rolling out of the pocket to a strong hand. Delivers deep down the field. You've made it. We've made it to episode nice. Welcome to the LEO podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bragg. You can find me on Twitter. It's at Braggley, B-R-A-G-G-L-E-Y. I'm here with my co-host, Brandon. You can find him on Twitter at Brandon Dubich. That's Brandon spelled traditionally Dubich, D-U-B-I-C-H. What's up, Brandon? Well, <laughs> if Yinzer knows anything, it's something about defense. Um, and if I know anything, it's about 69. So let's keep going forward. This is going to be a fun pod, ladies and gentlemen. Brandon coming hot, coming in hot off of a work Christmas party. So um, not coming in so hot is uh, our producer joining us as always is Purdue Sir Seth. You can block him on Twitter at Seta5, S-E-T-A-H-5. Yeah, what up, Seth? Living the dream. <laughs> it's not the way you were talking before the podcast started. Um, 180 from what he was going. What? what this is such a Purdue thing to talk a big game when the mic isn't on, and then when the mic comes on, you lose the Rutgers. Oh, God, it's starting. It's starting it's starting we to incarnate word oh goodness speaking of incarnate word we'll talk about that later maybe um all right yeah quick updates we have um two more commits since the last pod the first one omar cooper finally signed so nervous yeah i was real nervous too six one 185 four-star wide receiver out of lawrence north high school in indianapolis indiana the dude is a freak um there was sne- there was smelly Purdue rumors there for a while. Yeah, that too. was scary. It was scary for a bit. So, um, and how could to- you blame an Indianapolis kid for thinking about Purdue, right? Like, I mean, David Bell is the poster child, but uh, the kid yeah. know the kid knew where to go. Yeah. Um, is he going to do anything with basketball at all? Is he? The, is I he don't gonna- know, but he should dunk some more. Yeah, just, sure. just he should just go to Hoosier hysteria and dunk. Because my goodness, look that up on Twitter if you guys haven't seen it. Uh, apparently met with Walt Bell, which is what he was holding out for. Um, must have been a pretty good meeting. He must have shown up in a tight T-shirt. So and- what did I say about Walt-, Walt Bell other than I hated him? But I said the guy could interview. He's yeah. clearly crushing it in the recruiting game. Yeah, which is what you hated on him for. Right, right. I mean, so you get hired somewhere if either A, you're qualified or B, you're a really good interviewer. And clearly what we've seen so far is the guy can dominate a room. Yeah. I mean, that, 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 that's been obvious so far. So I will definitely give uh, early, uh, early claps, early snaps to Walt Bell for, for just, you know, doing, doing what he was signed up to do so far. Yeah. There you Results go. have been positive. I'm telling you, all he has to do is walk into a room and a pair of joggers and a medium T-shirt and we can sign anybody in the country. So um, speaking of signing some other people, uh, I don't know a whole lot about this. I watched his highlight tape. Cameron Payne, uh, Central Michigan decommit. As soon as we offered, he decommitted and committed to IU. Three-star athlete, uh, speedy, shifty, like everything. Usually on like basically Antonio Brown, basically, except smaller. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he's about two inches smaller, but hopefully you know, not as crazy. That'd I don't care. You take the crazy. We can take the crazy in college. I guess Antonio Brown wasn't as crazy in college. Antonio Brown had the best five year stretch of any wide receiver in the history of the league. Look it up. That's not even a that's not even like he better than Randy Moss, better than anyone. Um, so if anyone can sniff Antonio Brown, sure, absolutely sure. Okay, whatever you got to do with your with your weird Steelers vibe and you're like under 500 or whatever you guys are, it's fine. Um, We're in the hunt. Transfer portal casualties. Uh, two people, one person that 
kind of makes me a little bit sad, but it's fine. Uh, we, James Miller entered the portal yesterday, or was that today? You don't remember. Brandon doesn't remember. One of the two days. Um, and then Reese Taylor as well. That's the one that makes me a little bit sad. Makes sense. Um, I think he feels like he's maybe being pushed down the depth chart a little bit. Um, also, Seth thinks he's going to be switched over to wide receiver, and that's why he's leaving. So, I just said, said I thought he was getting squeezed. He's getting squeezed. There's, there's not enough rooms or snaps for him. That's what I was. He's getting squeezed hard. And I think they're kind of pushing that body type out of the corner room, too, if you look at the recruits that are coming in. So, we'll see. Um, speaking of the recruits coming in, let's get into it. Uh, no, 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 no. I, I, Michael, come on. What? I mean, what did you text me a million times? We're not going to worry about guys that couldn't see the field. Well, right. Could I see mean, the field. And James, Miller, and James so Miller definitely couldn't see the field. I remember a very specific play or game um, when Micah McFadden got ejected and all three oh, yeah. of us were looking to see how many times did we say, where's James Miller? Where's James Miller? Where's James Miller? The dude couldn't <laughs> feel, find the field. So, I mean, I hope he goes somewhere that he can excel, but it's really not a loss. And honestly, Reese army knife i hope he goes somewhere and has success if he wants to play offense good for him i don't know i don't know i, I love our cornerback room coming in yep current quarterback we're talk cornerback about room. today yeah we're gonna talk we've... a lot about the secondary yeah today. well i mean coming back automatic starters mullen williams pierre mullen yeah i said mullen oh you think the twice. other mullen starts Two. twice i think he starts uh, what did the other Mullen do Started. as a freshman? I'm pretty yes, sure the other true. freshman was an freshman All American. Was and guess what? And guess what? This guy is supposed to be freshman better. better, better, better. Right. Yep. A lot more, um, a lot more recruiting pressure with him. I felt than I did with uh, Taiwan's. But let's talk about him. Let's get in there. Uh, you go first. You start. We did this order at the beginning. So yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, medical order, by the way, I guess. Dude, how often were we sitting here saying there were lanes to run on our defensive line, like just just wide open, like Moses opening up the Red Sea? I mean, just absolutely crazy. Um, so we get a transfer coming in from Ole Miss, Ladarius Cox. He's a big dude. He's at 6'5", 312. Um, he played O-line at Ole Miss, but clearly he he played both in high school we're gonna move him to the d line and it's just size it's mm -hmm. exactly what we need um i think it was your brother and I, I maybe it was maybe it was uh cincinnati i don't remember the game but your brother was like they're bigger than us we just need big dudes and this guy is a big dude yeah. Yeah. That's, that's all you need. And it's funny because you sit here, we think about CO, we think about uh, <clears throat> DMAC, we think about um, trying to think who else was in Weston Kramer was a nice addition. We thought maybe just as a depth addition, but no, that dude was, was pretty solid. Um, just to get somebody from the SEC as opposed to a Mac, you know, fringe player, they should see a pretty decent upgrade in that position. Um, Next on the list is a safety out of North Miami Beach, Florida, Philip Dunham, um, three-star recruit, 6'1", 180. This is a trend you're going to see. Oh, by the way, guys, we're doing defensive commits this, this pod. I did not say that at the beginning. 6'1", um, 180. And it, what I was saying was you're going to see this trend throughout this pod with defensive backs. Everybody is 5'11 or taller coming in. Um, you know, the so traditional... that, that means I would not have made the cut. No, just, yeah, you would have been special teams, maybe kickoff coverage, punt coverage, maybe a gunner on the punt team. Oh, I loved gunner. There you just go. Kill him. Um, so 6'1, 180, first team 5A Miami Herald. That's a big thing down there to be first team 5A in Miami. That's a big accomplishment. So Philip Dunham, big time pickup later in the uh recruiting process. Nice little ad there for the for the squad. Um, speaking of nice little ad, Brandon got all the good ones, by the way, we just figured this out just beforehand, um, because he wanted to talk about one of the linebackers and, uh, he just happened to get all the good ones. And that is who, who Nick yeah. James, 
Oh no! Um, I said it when we were doing the pre, like when we were planning, talking. What we actually do that? We actually don't just get on here and just yell into the mic, even though it might seem like that sometimes. I think he was the biggest get in the entire class, not because he might be the best player. It's not might maybe because he'll he'll make the most immediate impact, but literally everybody was on him. Like he wasn't a guy that fell to us. He wasn't a guy that we got on early. This was all of the big dogs in the South wanted this guy. This was a highly sought after defensive lineman from IMG Academy. 6'2", 295, but he doesn't move like a 295 guy. He moves more like a 250, 260, 265 guy. I mean, he is quick twitch. He is everything that you look for in an NFL defensive lineman. He is... I'm going to go ahead and say it because we we tee this question up all the time. He is the guy I'm most excited to see because he just Boy, seems right, right. to have so much NFL flair to him. Uh, Dominic Nick James, I think, uh, just can absolutely wreck havoc Yeah. Um, in year one through year three. Yeah, just to give people an idea – the, he took three official visits, at least, at least that have been marked nationally. South Carolina, who apparently is an up-and-coming powerhouse again. Right. Um, Ohio and, State. And, and Tanner Bailey. Yeah, which that kind of hurts. South Carolina, Ohio State, and Indiana. The South Carolina and Ohio State visits were in June. We got him to come in November 12th, which our season was over at that point. And still... The culture, the coach, the the everything like brought him in. And this this dude should be pretty special. His rating again, borderline three star, four star, composite four star recruit, top two, uh, top three hundred. Isn't that what you what you've been talking about, Brandon, the entire time? Or top five hundred? You were even stretching out the five, I think. This dude's two eighty three, um, which is lower than what he actually weighs, plays basketball in high school. Um, I think, right. Is that right? Is that what I wrote down? Uh, either way, I don't think he does. Um, but he's quick. He's real quick for a dude that's six two two ninety five. Um, so, so we, nice we, we see time. guys from Ohio state, from yeah. Penn state, from Michigan, we see freshmen making immediate impact. We don't have that. Unfortunately, we have to rely on our junior senior, you know, redshirt senior players to make impact plays. Mm -hmm. This is a guy that can come in right away. A la Taiwan Mullen, right? Like he can definitely have a Taiwan Mullen impact as a freshman. And I don't remember the last time we had a recruit that could come in and make that kind of impact in the front seven. Yeah, that's true. That's, I mean, in hindsight, Micah did immediately, but not, as highly touted, nobody saw it coming. Um, so here we are. Um, next on the list. Oh, real quick on Nick James, just to give you guys an idea. They in six games with IMG, which is a major high school, which plays all over the country. Thirty tackles. Eleven of those tackles were for a loss. One interception from the defensive tackle position. One sack in six games. So. That's pretty impressive. Um, we got a transfer linebacker, Bradley Jennings Jr. Uh, I believe he'll have one to play one. Brandon, you can tell me if I'm wrong. No, nope, uh, you're right there. Yeah, transfer from Miami. Linebacker, tons of experience. Uh, really decent year last year. Um, should come in. Good burst uh, based on his highlight tape. It really hits the hole. Decent uh, coverage ability as well. So good depth add there and to have some experience come in with Michael leaving, really just leaving Cam Jones at this point um, with any sort of real game experience and in that linebacker room and to have somebody come in that can mentor some of these upcoming guys like the guy we're going to talk about next, as well as uh, the guy that we'll talk about here at the end, uh, he'll be a really nice add. So um, Brandon, who's next on the list here? Yeah, looking here next, um, we have a guy that, I mean, you just brought up Micah McFadden. Might be a little bit of a theme here. 
just a tackle machine. If you go and look at his high school stats, Isaiah Jones put up insane stats in the highest level of Ohio football you can get. Isaiah Jones plays in Columbus. I don't know how many A's are. I, I should I should have probably looked it up, but he plays in the highest class. In I thought you were Ohio. talking about in his name. There's two A's in his name. Well, well, yes, but I mean, he plays in the highest class of Ohio, Ohio high school football, which is very good. It's not Indiana football. It's not Michigan football. It's not Kentucky football. Ohio football is very, very good. And all the dude does is find the ball. Who does that sound like? Micah McFadden. He isn't as highly ranked as some of the guys we've talked about. You know, he isn't a Nick. He isn't a Nick James. He's in a Trobel Mullen. He, he's not as high as some of the guys we're going to talk about. But all this guy has done is produce and produce at winning programs. You heard me last podcast say how important that was for guys like Bray Lynch uh, and, and other guys to have created a culture of winning. Those intangibles to me have an effect. And that's why I think Isaiah Jones playing such an important position that he will eventually play. I think this guy's going to be a fan favorite two to three years from now. He's, he's likely not going to see the field next year, guys. He, he just probably isn't. Even though we're, we're short at the position, I do think we probably fill that role in with some, some portal guys. But I think Isaiah Jones becomes a guy that Michael and I are absolutely drooling about in a few years because there's just so many similarities with what he does to what Micah McFadden does. Yeah, and that's something Tom Allen talked about in his press conference as well, that he's that's the guy kind of guy that he wants to bring in. Um trying to see coach. Okay, cool. Next on the list is Pat Lucas, another transfer from Old Miss on the interior defensive line. Not a whole lot of playing time. We talked about him uh, a couple, I want to say a couple pods ago, maybe two, three pods ago. Uh, transfer from Ole Miss, 6'3", 290 pounds, just another body. That's what you need. You need another body with a little bit. He's got SEC experience as a true freshman. Again, Torres Achilles, I want to say 2019, which pretty much killed his 2020 season. Not a whole lot of playing time last year, but can come in, add a little bit of experience to a, a, another thin group now on the interior defensive line um, and can just stuff a hole. That's what we need. Yeah, um, following up on stuff a hole, uh, I'm going to go to... Brandon gets all the good ones. Dang it. A blue chip. I mean, again, a guy that makes no sense in Indiana. Like, this guy only makes sense at Indiana if you're playing the video game and you you somehow have recruiting on Full easy. out recruit. Yeah, full out recruit. Put all your points on one player. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, like, we've all played NCAA football. It's like throwing 128 budget. When you have 208 points and he wants to stay close to home. Yeah. You got to hope for all. Yeah. That. Like he has all the things you're looking for as a pluses. It's the son McCullough. It's coach McCullough's middle son. Second son. Second son. Second son. Correct. He's second got four. son. Yeah. Four. He's our Isaiah Simmons guys. I mean, for those that don't know Isaiah Simmons, he can line up at all three levels. He can play edge. He can play linebacker. He can play safety. He's basically, I mean, I, I teed up this podcast saying I'm a Yinzer that knows defense. He's basically Troy Palomalu. He, in fact, he's a taller, slightly bigger Troy Palomalu. I think Isaiah I, Thomas, I, Isaiah Simmons was perfect. Not Isaiah Thomas. I did it. Dang it. Uh, Isaiah Simmons, 6'4", 238. McCullough, what is, what's he listed at? 6'5", 235. So, I mean, as about as perfect as possible. Um, man, I'm excited to see him. <laughs> so, so here, Michael, here, my question with you, because and honestly, anyone listening to this podcast knows about Scott McCullough. Like, we don't need to, like, people may not know Pat Lucas. People may not know Isaiah Jones. People may not know Phil Dunham. Everyone here knows Desan McCullough. Yeah. My question is, what level do you want him to, this is a early Brando's Randos. What level would you like him to see the most action at? Do you want him on the line? Do you want do you want him floating in the middle? Do no. you want him playing center field? Where do you want Desan McCullough to have the greatest impact? Everywhere. 
everywhere. Watch his highlights. Yes, 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 yes. But pick, pick, pick. On, on Where the do edge. You want him? On the edge. So Standing up that, on the, the edge. That's the most needed. Standing right? up on the edge. Yep. It, I'm not talking about him being part of the four down, like four linemen. I'm talking about him playing the Husky position, but playing the Husky position more as just a, a straight threat off the end. Because he's definitely, he's way too athletic than anybody else that we've had at that position since Tom Allen's been there. He can cover anybody. Well, I'm not going to say anybody. He can cover the tight ends. He'll be able to cover the tight ends in the Big Ten. But he's also got, he's so fast, Brandon, off of the line. It's crazy. And his, if you go and watch, his highlight tape's different because his highlight tape shows everything. You see sacks, you see TFLs, you see uh, interceptions, f- forced fumbles, fumble recoveries, touchdowns. You see all of that stuff. You see him line up at wide receiver. Um, so that's another thing he can do. But with him, his football IQ is insane. So if you watch some of these things that he's doing in his highlight tape, uh, let's say like for a, a screen, for example, in college, you're always getting sucked in on a screen. The majority yep. of those players on that on that defense are getting sucked in. A screen will work. So I'm already envisioning um, we're playing Cincinnati next year. No, we're not. We're, we're that's away. Yeah, I'm, I'm there. The yeah, no, it's okay. I'm there. You're there. It's fine. Keep keep going. And and they do a play action, and then he reads it. He oh, yeah. walks down the line, grabs the screen, and goes for seven. Yeah, that's what he's because gonna he do. did that in high school. There's yes. multiple highlights of him scoring defensive touchdowns. Like that's not foreign to him. He knows how to grab the ball and go get seven. I'm lucky enough to watch the NFL MVP. TJ Watt do that all the time. So I can't wait to watch the next great edge rusher in Desan McCullough. And I just have just Ed rusher royalty in TJ Watt and Desan McCullough. I, I love that you said you want him at the edge because that's where I want him as well because it's most needed. And he will absolutely be a game breaker, a game wrecker. Yeah, that dude's going, going to be insane. In, in NFL MVP is either Rodgers or or not if he breaks a single season sack record and all he needs is seven. Oh, and he already seven has over three six. games. He Wait. has six between the Browns and the Ravens already, which he plays. So that means he only needs two sacks against the uh, ch- Chiefs this week. If the Asterix, Asterix, if the, if too Colts, many games. If the Colts win the division. Jonathan Taylor is your MVP. Not if someone breaks a single season sack record. What if he runs anyway, for we're, we're getting Where away from at? it. We're, we we're getting away from Taylor. it. But Desan no, McCullough no, is going to be an instant impact potential freshman All-American. Where's Jonathan Taylor at rushing yards right now? Close to AP level. 15. It's very 1500. close to AP level. 1,500 with very three close games to AP level. He's not quite AP. He's, he's so good, dude. He's so unbelievably good. Speaking of good, next on the list, cornerback James Mons, the third, three-star out of Vero Beach, Florida. Another Nebraska. Yes. Nebraska. A lot of Florida kids on this. Again, 5'11", 185 pounds at corner. I, I call him a Nebraska legacy, kind of just to, you know, poop on Scott Frost, which is pretty easy to do at this point. Um, his uncle played at Nebraska. His brother played somewhere else. His dad played at, like, I think Tulane. Um, soccer player. And we talked about this, I think, over the summer. You talked about it. Yes. Dude, to have an athlete that played legit, like, legitimately played soccer, like 21 goals, I think, in high school i don't know what that if that's good i know it's good and like premier league it's fantastic you're gonna win like the golden boot at that point but 21 goals in high school in florida and that's not even your main sport that's incredible and the fact that like if you follow him on twitter or followed him on twitter during the recruiting process between him and mullen and there was one other player that's escaping me probably mccullough the amount of recruiting that the players have done is insane. And that's the same way that uh, Taiwan was when we recruited him, if you remember. So that's the only way you wind up with a class like this. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, especially at a program like IU and I hope you guys listening don't, don't think I'm 
diminishing IU, but like the only way we become a top 10, top 15, which we are right now, we're 14th in the country. I was right? just getting ready to, to pull that up. I'm going to pull it up right now. I think we're 17 and 247. I think we're 14. I think we're 14 in and rivals. 247, Bob. Seriously, I think it just pulled it up. Um, um, but regardless, 17, like the only the way team. that happens is by organic momentum. And by that, I mean, it, it needs to be done by internal pressure. Pressure might be the wrong word, but like it needs to be done by recruiting guys doing their own recruiting. And this class just defines that perfectly. Mm-hmm. Producer Seth is just vomiting over there because it just doesn't happen in his program. Like when do you like the biggest recruiting social thing happened is when we made Purdue recruiting trending. Remember that? Remember when the guy that we won't talk about that defensive player committed and the only reason Purdue recruiting was relevant is because we called him out. Do you remember that? I remember that. Um, Pepperidge farm remembers. Um, you know, and that's what you need to make a recruiting class special. And that, and James Mon led that. He for sure led that. Oh, that Seth. Was, that was a rant. That was quite the rant. Yes. I'm um, seething quietly in the background. <laughs> so we mentioned Mullins. Do you want to talk about his brother for a minute? I don't know how I can talk about him more. I mean, again, I mean, he his brother came in, was an absolute stud, was a freshman All-American. He's better than his brother. He's better than his older brother. He's 5'11", 170. Another one. Yep. Maybe dripping wet. But, I mean, he is an absolute ball hound. I mean, this guy has so much natural ball instincts. Uh, Everyone wanted him. I mean, I think he was what down to us, Miami, and Virginia Tech. So, like, you don't look at those programs. But, like, where his recruiting level was at, he could have – he could have had everyone after him, but he wanted to join the family. And that, that that's why we're the LEO podcast. That's why we have so much faith in CTA because the, the Mullen family believes in it. And that should be enough reason why you believe in it. And that's why I will right now say, I know big play Jay's coming back. I know we have some other corners back. I want Mullen and Mullen starting day one. Like a like a freaking law firm, dude. If if he's as good as his brother was as a freshman, it's got to be Mullen and Mullen, and right? Lining up right across yeah. from each other. Uh, Taiwan takes wide receiver number one. Travell takes wide receiver number two, and it is just Mullen Island for Big Boy Jay's back where everyone. he needs to be as a nickelback. Maybe, maybe oh, you just said it. Could you imagine Big Play Jay sitting in the nickel? That's what he. That's how why he was so good in 2020. Oh, because you had a you had a healthy Moen and a healthy Taylor. Because guess what? If he jumps, because he tried jumping routes as an outside corner, and that cost you 25 yards. If you jump a route as a nickel, that cost you seven or eight. Mm -hmm. Right? Because you can funnel as a nickel. As a nickel, you can jump and funnel it towards the middle, and it's not disastrous. And that's where big play Jay needs to live. That's where Kenny Moore lives. That's where Mike Hilton pl- lives. Oh, that's Moore, where so a good. lot of nickel does. Ken, who, who's, who's the really good Colts corner? Kenny Moore. Kenny yeah. Moore. Yeah. That that's where, that's where I see big play Jay really thriving on these guys that have great instincts and can be all or nothing. And Mullen helps big play Jay be better. And I'm talking Travell by the way. Mm-hmm. And guys, just guys, we're going to have some riches in the secondary. And it's just so exciting. Yeah. So exciting. you still, we still have Noah Pierre. Even if he's, and this is, this is depth. the, this is the Noah Pierre fan club, by the way. What, yes. Yes. Um, speaking of the cornerback room, another one, dude, listen to the size on this cornerback, Jamari Sharp, three stars at a Northwest high school, Miami, Florida, another Florida kid. 6'1", 180 coming out of high school. A huge corner. Now, at that size, if he does add a little bit of weight, uh, muscle weight meaning, could shift him back to safety. But look how good Raheem Lane was, at least in the beginning of the season this year, moving from his entire career playing 
no offense, Raheem, mediocre corner play, but developing the whole thing, learning, you know, pass routes or pass routes and all of that other stuff. And then moving back to safety and being, having all of that experience and all of that knowledge, that's perfect. So either way, Jamari Sharp, late ad as well. Um, don't know a whole lot about him yet. Haven't dug too deep into him, but uh, I, and I think another highly talented kid out of, out of Miami high school. So what's next? What do you got? Another yeah, just, good one. Just, another just one, one I bit on Jamari about. Sharp, because I know yeah. we're, we're falling behind. I'm talking too much here. No, you're good. Um, Jamari Sharp, I mean, just has an NFL build, right? Like he, he was a guy that kind of came out of nowhere, but he, I mean, he's a wide receiver playing corner, mm-hmm. like just an absolute freak. Uh, speaking of freaks and kind of a late addition is Vincent Sneed, a guy that, I mean, we follow recruiting very, very intently on this podcast. Michael, did you know anything about Vincent Sneed? Nothing, nothing. I know we like, like kind of like started talking about him late, but had no idea that he was a serious option. So this guy, he's 6'4", 250 out of Florida. He's only a three star, but. How many times do we say a Florida three stars like an Indiana four star? I mean, this guy, you just watch his huddle tapes and he jumps off. I mean, he is a specimen. Like, I think he needs to get a little bigger, Michael. Honestly, like the play in the Big Ten, he might have a little bit of an ACC body and that's no offense to the ACC, but like, he might have a little bit more of a of a leaner body and he might need to put some weight, like put some weight on, but the athleticism is there. And and by that, I mean, this is all your notes. So I'm I'm ripping off you, but he's a three-sport athlete, right? Like he he can absolutely play into his weight, play into his size, and someone who after a few years makes a significant impact in our biggest position group of need. Yeah. So moving on and another, well, the same area of need defensive end transfer from Cal J H Tevis, um, all American. I'm sorry, not all American. That's too much. All pack 10 honorable mention. <laughs> that's not even close. Um, you know, it's that second okay. worst power five conference, but it's okay. <laughs> Um, if Cal played our schedule, I don't know enough about Cal. Never mind. They'd um, probably not win a game. Um, ooh, okay. Well, they beat Idaho probably. Yeah, they got Idaho. Yeah, immediate depth at a, a major position of need. I mean, let's be real, man. We, we love Ryder Anderson. I love Drod Handy. Like, he's good. He's a he's a pass rush only guy. So adding somebody on the weak side, J.H. Tevis, hopefully a good run stopper. Haven't watched him watched a lot of his tape wow i can't talk anymore um have another drink buddy yeah i wish i wish i had some more in here um yeah so moving on let's talk about a freshman coming in well no i mean jh tevis (laughs) we sat here for months and downplayed weston kramer this is weston kramer this is this year's weston kramer and i won't get fooled again J.H. Tevis is going to be the guy we're sitting here saying, stock up. Guess what? No one was talking about J.H. Tevis. Stock up. Uh, just be ready for it. Just be ready for it. Um, he, he, he's played power five football. He knows how to play. He's coming to uh, Cal- Kelly School of Business, by the way. He's coming for Kelly. Coming later. All right. Today. Let's let's move to Dickie Thomas, on one, a guy bad. who has been in our recruiting class for a while. I mean, he, he was honestly one of the staples early mm-hmm. um, and really kind of I don't know how much cheerleading. He, he wasn't like James Mon cheerleader, but like he definitely did some help in us getting a foothold in this recruiting class. Three star guy, six two two fifty, going to have to put on some weight. But he's a type of guy that you want in your class because he's very accomplished in high school. He has the athletic ability. He plays in the highest, not the highest, but like the second to highest level in Florida. He has all of the accolades. I mean, he he has all the intangibles to be a multi-year starter. Not immediate. I mean, he's not going to be DeSan McCulley. He's not going to be Javal Mullen. But 
that's not expected on the D-line. You, you need to get a few years under your belt, and he's definitely a positional depth guy that you need in your recruiting class. Yeah. Um, last, but definitely not least, the first recruit of the, of the 2022 commitments. I thought we were going to lose him so many Me times. too. Linebacker, Caden Turner. Shout out to dad that follows us on Twitter, I believe. Um, Three-star from Fayetteville, Arkansas. Um, 6'2", 225, good build. And, and he just wanna... stopped following us. <laughs> oh, yeah, probably. Sorry about that, Mr. Turner. Um, I didn't label your son. I actually labeled him on the outline as the next Michael McFadden. <laughs> <laughs> So basically any linebacker that we're pulling in is the next Micah McFadden. Um, so it, he's great. As far as this highlight tape goes, really good sideline to sideline guy with burst ability to blitz, which sounds like Micah McFadden. So really excited to get him into, get him working and uh, see what we can do. Speaking of exciting, Brandon, who's your most exciting player from this defensive class? Or do you have anything else to add on Caden before that? No, I mean, you said everything. Again, this guy who was so sought after against Arkansas, so sought after against Missouri. I mean, I thought this guy was going to be SEC poached. Mm -hmm. Everyone was trying to flip him. He stayed. I forget the running back, but like we thought we were going to flip this running back that was committed to Arkansas because Caden Turner was really close with him. But it ended up being the other way around. This running back tried to flip Caden with all of his might, and Caden stayed with us. Mm-hmm. This was a huge keep by the uh, by the coaching staff, and something that you know, it, you know, if Caden becomes what we think he can become, is going to be a very significant keep for for IU. Totally agree. All right. Most, Most exciting is Trevor Mullen. I mean, I think he's a okay. day one starter. I think he can he can possibly lock down a quarter to a third of the field. Um, you just don't find that in freshmen. Uh, and the expectations I have him on him are probably too high. But man, um, I'm going to stay in the family and say that uh, getting him is going to be so huge. We saw what happened when we didn't have impact cornerback depth i mean it really really hurt us if you want to compare 2020 to 2021 it was cornerback play and for me he's by far the most exciting player i don't want to pick the obvious one the obvious one's deshaun mccullough obviously um i'm gonna go with vincent sneed because that dude is so big like 6'4 250 if he's gonna come off the edge uh, which is what we think he's going to play as a three, three sport athlete. If he plays basketball, he's obviously, he's got really good feet, good burst can get around the outside of a, a typical left tackle, right tackle. I'm interested to see what he can do. Even if he does move interior, like even on a passing down, it would be um, a really exciting player to have for sure. So um, before we get on to everybody's favorite part of the podcast, uh, let's talk real quick about our sponsor. Super quick word from them. It's Monon Track Club. MTC is Indiana's running brand built on a deep love for the sport and the Hoosier State. They craft products, tell stories, and create experiences that aim to celebrate and add to Indiana's running culture. Check out the link in the show notes for more details on their club runs and to shop their sick gear from shirts to hoodies to koozies. As a thank you to our listeners, they are offering how much? 10% off your order. Use promo code LEO10. Guys, we know that I use not a major math university, but if and you're this is not a, a major math podcast, that's true. But to break it down, you guys don't know what 10% is. If you're ordering, Brandon, if you're ordering $100 worth of stuff, which the way Garrett's price prices are, that's probably like two things. Um, that means you're going to get $10 off, guys. Okay. So I'm kidding about the prices are fantastic, but uh, you can get some really sick gear, 10% off LEO one zero checkout. Now back to the show. And by the way, guys, just before we do this, cause I'm making him feel real bad about himself and the way that his hair looks right now. Um, 
Brandon's trying to cut your Brando's Rando short down because we have been recording for 50 minutes. So as yeah. he's yawning. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit of a mess. I've been probably drinking for about 10 hours. Yeah. So far minimum 10 hours. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I look pretty rough. I look like, uh, if, a of a seven o'clock tailgate, I look like we got to the tailgate field at about 10 o'clock. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so we obviously we, we did we covered offensive recruiting last weekend. We covered defensive recruiting this weekend. One was significantly better than the other. If you had to pick, and again, you'd obviously like both, but if you had to be offensive dominant in recruiting or defensive dominant in recruiting, which one would you rather be? And this question's opened up for both of you guys. So when you say defensive dominant do the recruits that you bring in they pan out correct that's what in this hypothetical yeah defense i'd go defense yeah unquestionably defense because in the big 10 east though where you know there's going to be offensive skill positions at ohio state at penn state at michigan does offense not matter as much are no, you saying matters. you can build a consistent like you're telling me you can build a Wisconsin or Iowa program in the Big Ten East? What did IU do last year? I mean, the offense was uh, Ty Freifogel was the off receiver of the year and Penix was a beast. No, I get it. I, what I was getting at was outside of two games, Freifogel was OK. I mean, he was a pretty good receiver. But think about the end of the year. Minus the bowl. Well, even in the bowl game, you shut down a team that averaged 44, 42 points a game to, I can't remember what the score was. I was like Brandon at the end of that bowl game, but like it, in the 20s, 20, 24, 27 points. I mean, the defense was incredible. You give up 13 points to Wisconsin and went on the road. You give up, uh, not even, I can't remember what we did, 14 to 13 or 14 to 10 or something was the final there. Um, the defense was incredible. Look what they did to Michigan. Um, but just outside of that Ohio state game, everybody was shut down, totally shut out Michigan state. Yeah. So I'm with you. You got to have a good quarterback, obviously. And then the rest will kind of fall in line. So, so you, you kind of teed up my next question here and names are going to come about, but undeniably this is our best recruiting class ever defense it's hard to find it any other positions we re- like maybe add another defensive line guy or two i mean hard to even say that but like there's a lot of quarterbacks off the board who do you michael and and seth if you're plugged in enough who do you think should be maybe one two or three on the iu pecking order going to say the same person okay it's and then cam I, ward. I, I, yeah it, yeah yep yep so kind of kind of update us where we're at with cam ward as far as i understand he's from what i've seen from what i've read i use got a decent shot of getting him on campus next month if that happens i'm going to feel really good about our chances now we are going up against wayne kiffin and I can't remember one of the other schools that's really pushing. Seth, do you know? Houston, North Texas. I'm, and his Houston, most I'm worried about Houston or North his Texas. His most recent offer was Prairie View AM. The the problem with Houston, North Texas, I'm not so this worried is his hometown. About. With Houston is yeah, I mean from te- Texas kid. Um, but if he gets on campus, you know that the majority of those kids that get to campus for an official visit at IU. Throw him to sorority rush. Yeah. What? <laughs> uh, that kid, man, I would go, I'll, I'll go nuts. I'll do a just by myself emergency pod in the middle of the night or something. If he ever commits big time, as far as high school goes, I know they're going to try to bring in another high school kid. There's some out there um, with some connections along the way. They'll find somebody. Um, so I know, I know your thoughts on this, uh, Michael, so I want to get kind of an unbiased opinion from producer Seth. What do you think about Emory Jones from Florida? 
I know there's smoke athlete, there. There's definitely size. smoke there. There is a lot of smoke there. It's like it's like Spencer Rattler with size. It's like he's not good. But he's he a run does first. a lot of things yeah. you can work with. Yeah. And if you can limit if if you're a coach, you believe that you can you can fix a quarterback. So I, I have a comparable to Emory Jones. And it's decision making process better. It's Sean Clifford, right? Like, isn't Emory Jones Sean Clifford? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. What, like, I see where that's coming from. You have to. He yeah. has that. Like, he has a high floor but a low ceiling, mm-hmm. right? And lacks consistency. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think you could do a lot worse mm-hmm. than than Sean Clifford. I love Emory Jones. Like, that's I, eight I, wins. That's, that's eight wins. Right. I think so. I, I really do like everyone wants Cam Ward. I want Cam I, Ward. I want, Cam but the Ward guy so that I don't think anyone is talking enough about is Emory Jones. And Michael, you whispered it. There's more smoke with Emory Jones than there is Cam Ward. A lot of smoke. Honestly. Yeah. They're, they're just waiting for him to enter the portal, which he's not going to do until after, which I cannot believe that they made one, a bowl game, whatever, whenever that is. It's got to be probably soon. There's six and six, right? Yeah, they're playing UCF, I think, the 27th or 28th. Gotcha. Uh, go watch uh, the sports meme. I do a, I do a college football pick on there. Um, oh, bet anti whatever he picks. But yeah, fit, yeah, go ahead and fade and see how that plays <laughs> yeah. out. Um, but no, no, that's okay. So that, that, were my, that was my two big questions is everyone wants to talk about quarterback. And I'm now that Rattler's gone, now that Nix is gone, now that Slovis is gone, now that – a lot of the guys, honestly, IU wasn't going to get, even though I, you know, was holding out. I know you guys are on the ward train. All right, I'll, I'll ask it. I'll ask it. Michael, would you rather have Emory Jones or Cam Ward? Cam Ward. You get three years of Cam Ward. The dude is 40. If I told you, if I did the thing, remember what they used to do on like, so do they still do it? Selection Sunday where like some teams don't make it and they show the resumes blind resume yeah Yeah, there you go if i give you a blind resume and i give you one season of 47 touchdowns and 10 interceptions versus whatever emory jones did like 16 and 12 yeah like not you're, good yeah you're going a thousand times you're putting your money on but it's incarnate word versus i get it sec quarterback look at the way he's built too that dude he is played in the sec yeah no but i'm talking about cam Ward. the dude is built nice like he's i think he's six three He's a stand-up quarterback. He's a pass-first pocket guy that can run. His decision-making, granted, in the FCS is phenomenal. Um, and by the way, Emory Zappi, plays, Bailey Zappi did pretty good in FCS. Yeah, yeah. Look at him. Uh, Emory plays tomorrow night, Thursday, December 23rd on ESPN. Yeah, I thought o'clock. it was next week, but 23rd. Yeah, tomorrow night. So we could go watch our go watch our future quarterback. Because <laughs> we could have a quarterback as soon as Friday. Because so. because again, I I think I think if Lane Kiffin wants him, Lane Kiffin will get him. Unfortunately, I think we will. I think Cam Ward goes. He goes to Ole Miss before IU, but I think he goes to IU before Houston. But I think it's Ole Misses to lose. Do you guys think differently? So we think about, I've, I just looked up their recruiting class. We think about Lane Kiffin as being, well, shit. we think about Lane Kiffin as being this incredible recruiter. They're 12th in the SEC in recruiting. Now, overall, that puts them 25th in the country. But, and the bad part about this is there's no quarterback in this class. Desperate for a quarterback. Yeah, I was going to say, what did they pull in last year? Because Corral was never going to give up his spot anyway. Come on now. There we go. 2021. They have a four-star kid, Luke Altmeyer. So is Luke Altmeyer good enough? Hopefully. <laughs> and uh, he doesn't want to go. So that's a, it's got to be something he's looking at. Because if, if you're Cam Ward and you're looking at IU, you're walking into the position. There's no competition. If you're Cam Warden, you're going to Ole Miss, you've got competition there for sure. So is that the end of the randos? That is it. Yeah, no, I, I, I had more, but I think those are the two most important ones. Okay. Let's reach into producer Seth Sack. What do you got, man? All right. I got one thing real quick is Mullen's the most exciting player coming in 
you know the pedigree that's what's there you've seen with the coaches who have taught him his brothers growing up so probably the same ones so same ones who coached him so um all right uh so the, the producer seth podcast sack is empty this week because the only sack that matters this this week is santa sack oh. be nice to everybody do it for the kids this is the leo podcast everybody it's true mm-hmm. we dropped so, an f well Brandon yeah. drops an F bomb five <laughs> minutes into the podcast, three minutes into the podcast, maybe. Let your kids listen to this. It's all good. Don't worry about it. All right. Sorry, that's Chase. It. Sorry, Chase. <laughs> Be sure to check out the pod on Twitter. It's Twitter, whatever it is, at podcast LEO. Uh, be sure to download, follow, rate, review, tell all of your friends, all of your Purdue friends, your Michigan friends, your Michigan State friends to listen to us, laugh at us, but give us five stars for being funny um and real quick real quick real quick oh gosh i i i i don't know if we're going to talk about it do we want Pitt or michigan state to win in the peach bowl Pitt, i think so too let's go hdp baby yeah i don't i don't we cannot root for bella thorne like no i don't do the uh now i might root for michigan not to win the whole thing i'm going to root for cincinnati to win the whole thing obviously but um I don't do the, oh, man, well, they're Big Ten. I'm going to root for the Big Ten team. No, F Michigan State. Seriously. Yeah, go Pitt. So either way, be sure to do all that stuff. We'll talk to you next week. I don't know what we're going to talk about. Hopefully, we'll talk about Cam Ward or we'll talk about Emory Jones or something like that. Either way, it'll be a fun pod just like this one. So we we, we did a we did a, a bowl like preview. Oh, we can. Let's do we like a bowl recap, maybe. We can do that, except for... It'll be everything except for the CFP, pretty much. So, yeah, it was in Michigan and Ohio yeah. State. Ah, uh, State. So, uh, we will, yeah, we'll do that. So, either way, we love you guys and girls. Elio. 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 He said it. Elio. Awesome day. Elio. Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate that. Elio. All right. Great. Elio. Appreciate you guys. Elio. You're welcome, Dave. Have a great day. Elio. Have a great day. Elio. Appreciate you being here with us. Have an awesome day, and Elio. Oh, thank you so much, Elio. Well, thanks so much, Elio. Hey, thanks so much, Mike. Appreciate that, Elio. Appreciate you guys, man. Have an awesome day, Elio. Awesome, Elio. Elio.